you know what? I got nothing, y'all. This is another episode of Should I Play That? And everyone no, breathed what? a sigh of relief. <laughs> <laughs> it's Chris and Rod here with another episode of Should I Play That? We are here at episode 20. We've made it 20 episodes in nonstop. And you know what's, you know what's special about this particular episode, or even more special, is that, like I said, this train, it's not stopping. We're going to keep going. No matter if, you know, we have to record on another night. No, no matter if we have to, like, record over over Wi-Fi. Like, we are here. We are, like, at all stops by any means necessary. Right. All hypotheticals. None of that is based in actual facts. I'm joking. It's, 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 yeah, no, it's, it's, it's all happening. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Rod, how you doing, man? How's your week? Well, how's your fourth? My fourth was good, man. It was, uh, it was relaxing. I had off of work, which is the best part. Um, and I had a lot of time to do things that I needed to do. Um, and that's kind of like the best part of a break, you know, is when you, you get things done that not necessarily like you want to do all the time, but things that you need to do. Um, so yeah, yeah, I, I played, played some video games, you know, on the break. I, I got to relax with some, with some loved ones. It was, uh, it was good. It was very good. How about yours? Uh, well, you know, it's been nonstop for me these past like couple weeks. So to, to say that I had a break isn't really a thing, mm. but I got a chance to you know sit back with some family, eat some good food, uh, ah, mix yeah. mix some really good drinks. Uh, so, so said drinks that I still have left over. So you know, sipping on yours true truly's you know yeah, um, like it's, it's it's some good stuff and. I don't know. Like it's just it's just another day in life. What what's the uh what was the food situation like? Like what what were you what were you eating? Oh like the, man. Like, like like classic barbecue oh, stuff yeah. or like classic classic barbecue stuff, you know, your your hot doggers, uh, hot dogs, hamburgers. I was about to say hot hot I almost put the two words together. <laughs> hot hamburgers. No, mm-hmm. hot dogs, hamburgers, chicken. Uh we had some corn, we had some uh we didn't have I didn't have any steak. No steak. Right? No steak. No, no, no ribs. No I, ribs. I feel like okay, ribs. I would see at at like kind of a fourth thing. I don't see a lot of steaks on no? the fourth. Not not me. Maybe I'm going to the wrong places. But I usually see you know hot dogs, hamburgers, uh, ribs. I see ribs. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I'm. You know, are you? This is the ultimate question. Actually, is are you a? What do you put on your hot dog? Are you a mustard guy, ketchup, or both? What, what do you? What do you? What's the deal? Ooh, that's a really good question. So there's uh, only one right answer, by the way. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and, it, and it's called it's called fully loaded. You got your sauerkraut, you got your ketchup, you got your mustard, you got everything. That's one way to go. That's one way to go. I, I'm classic mustard only. Mustard only guy. Oh wow, no ketchup. It, no, no ketchup. I do actually. I actively do not like ketchup on my hot dogs. That is not a joke. Um, I, I just I eat ketchup with my fries, my, not my dogs. Nope, hmm. it's not happening. It's just it gives me the mustard gives me like this tangy flavor that I really enjoy having. Um, with ketchup, it's like I think of fries every single time because I don't really eat ketchup with anything else. Like I don't, I don't really eat tater tots with fries or I mean with ketchup. Um, you know, I I kind of like them plain. 
and that, and that's the thing too, like the like condiments. I'm not I'm not too heavy of a uh, condiment condiment person. So like when it comes to fries and stuff like that, I tend to stay away from like ketchup and stuff like that. Um, but I don't know when it comes to a hot dog, I just I have to have sour. If I if if sauerkraut's available, I'll have to have it on it. Sa- sauerkraut is good. Uh, chili cheese or ch- chili on a dog mm-hmm. is actually pretty good as well. Like I, I would take that. Like I'm not a monster, you know. Like I do like other things occasionally, but I do like my tried and true mustard. I was I was just curious. Like everybody is different with food on the fourth, so I was just curious. Yeah. So and listeners, you're here too. Let us know in the comments. Let us know, you know, what you did for your fourth. Played anything on the fourth? If what you ate, um, we'd like to know. And, uh, I guess discuss in the comments. Um, we also, we, we're gonna go ahead and start advertising this, but you can always email us as well. Should I play that at gmail.com? You know, all the way through. And, uh, just, you know, drop us some feedback. Let us know what you think. Uh, if you have any questions, have any stories, let us know. And of course, like I said, uh, well, like I normally say, uh, you could catch us really on most podcast platforms. Uh, yeah, Spotify, Apple Music, Google, uh, Stitcher, and um, soon we're going to start uploading stuff on YouTube. So if you're now listening on YouTube, welcome. Welcome to the family. Welcome to the crew. And uh, let us know what you think in the comments. But with that, uh, we're going to go ahead and start the episode. Uh, Should I Play That is a gaming podcast. We like to start these episodes off with a small section where we sort of recap what we've been playing and it's actively called What You've Been Playing. So, Rod, what have you been playing? So I recently picked up Super Mario Maker 2 on the Nintendo Switch, and it is really fun. Shocker. Like, if you've played Super Mario Maker 1 on Wii U, you know what to expect here. This isn't a hugely different experience. There are some improvements and, and changes and, and differences, but for the most part, this is a... Mario Maker game on a console that's not dead, so that's great. Damn. <laughs> Shots fired. <laughs> no, and know what's funny is that Mario Maker, like, uh, it's, it's something that I've seen, like, if, if, like, I've seen people still play it, like, on Twitch and stuff, so I feel like that's honestly one of, like, the few games people still kept their Wii U for. Yeah. Was Mario Maker. Mm-hmm. But, um, I don't know, like, I, I love Mario Maker. It's like, you know, I, if I have Mario Maker, thanks Nintendo, I, have to, I don't have to buy any other uh, Mario game ever again because people keep making levels. So. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it, it's, it's, and so that's the thing, right? Like, that's interesting. We were talking about this, you know, a, a few minutes prior to recording, but like, you know, the, the thing with Mario Maker that I really enjoy is that it truly does feel like a user created experience within the confines of like the Mario world, the environment, um, without fully breaking that barrier. Like it does feel like these aren't like anytime you play anything in Course World, which is the uh, menu of where you can play user created levels um, through the internet. Um, anytime you're playing anything from Course World, you you know like it's not. A, like a Tokyo, you know, EAD. Like there, it's not like they're developing these levels, and it, it's obvious by the design of a lot of them. But that's not necessarily to say that it's automatically lesser. It's just a different sort of experience. People combine all kinds of different elements. Um, 
with, you know, in the Mario universe as we know it, just in a unique way. Like, so for example, I was just playing a level where you, uh, it had the aesthetic of the original Super Mario Brothers and, you you were in the castle, Bowser's castle, and with a lava that was rising and falling, but you used dry bones shell to kind of like get through the level. That's not That's, yeah. Yeah, huh. it's like it's nothing like this was a course um this was not a course world map. This was actually in I, I want to say it was a, a story mode level. Um and it was really unique. And that's kind of the thing. Uh so all the story mode levels are designed by um the developers of Super Mario Maker. Um, so they are somewhat curated and quote unquote professionally made. But, um, but I mean, it's, it's people all over who have like a hand in like kind of making these levels. And of course, world is like completely like Joe Schmo created this. But the dry bones level I was talking about is a great example of something that isn't present in current day Mario, but is brought, but, but it's an experience that you're giving, um, in a unique manner, like, in this game exclusively. Like, that's... So it's weird. Like, this this game exists in a weird space, but I kind of like it. Yeah, like, it's... it, it um, At least for me, it gives me, like, that... If you ever played Little Big Planet, that type of vibe of, like, the community's really, you know, what's going to keep this game going. Which, I mean, based on, like... Levels that you've described to me, levels that I've seen people play on YouTube. Like, if if people are still at it, like you know, a year from now, a couple years from now, like it's, it's I mean, this game just it, it always has like that that value of like you can always jump on and play something new. Exactly, exactly. You can always jump on. People are making story based levels in this game. It's insane. Like they're making levels uh where that, that that have narratives and that they have different uh you know it they're very colorful. They add different like um um different effects. Like you can have like a crowd in the background like cheering for you as you're kind of warping through pipes. I just played a course like a user created course that had that like it's just little touches like that. It just constantly brings a smile to my face. Um and this game is really like if you're the type of person you're if you're like me and you're you know you're like oh my god like you know where are you where do I even start like you might have too many ideas or maybe no I you might not have any ideas at all the game really does a fantastic job um, from beginning to end of showing you everything that you have at your disposal and kind of like easing you into it like. I know, Chris, the way that you played the game at first is different than the way I played the game, um, mm-hmm. which is great because we're ex- we're having like two different experiences um, with that, two separate experiences that I think are going to culminate in like kind of the same place. But I started the game in story mode almost exclusively. In fact, prior to recording, I was just playing Course World for the first time. Um, story mode is, you know, obviously it's a Mario game, so it doesn't have a deep narrative or anything, but uh, the Toads... And Mario have to recreate uh, Peach's castle after it's been destroyed by the Mario Maker dog uh, on accident, quote unquote. And uh, you have to go around and do the the developer curated levels um, and gain coins for them. So every time that you create a course, you might get like 150 or 200 coins and you have to have maybe like have 600 coins to start a part of the building or whatever. Um, So it's really interesting for me because I haven't really made my own course yet but i'm getting ideas from just doing the story mode 
from just seeing what is possible, like the dry bones level I was referring to, I get ideas in my head and I say, oh, okay, like, so, you know, you can, you know, have a castle level with lava and you can, like, have it rising and falling. Oh, okay, and you can actually surf on it, okay, using different items that I didn't know about before. That's kind of neat. Um, or, you know, you can play around with the hooks. The hooks are, like, some of the most fun additions uh, to Mario Maker, like there are hooks in that you can kind of place in a level and you can they're they're physics based. So you can like swing on them a few times to kind of gain momentum and, you know, uh, and, and gather speed enough to like launch yourself across a level. So like playing these levels for me in story mode have been really illuminating and it has made me want to go into the make mode and and try my hand at it because I've made a couple levels in Mario Maker one and it was really fun. Um and so doing it again and seeing it's all in the story mode is really inspiring. How, uh, so, Chris, yeah, go I ahead. was going to say, so, yeah, because, I, like, I'm I'm the opposite. I'm the person that's, like, I'll jump in straight into, uh, the, wasn't that create most of the mode? The create world, or? Yeah, it's, like, just make and play, I think. Yeah, so I, I'm, I'll just jump in and play. So, like, I haven't touched the story mode yet, but I've touched online, like, I've done, um, I've done some levels with, like, other online people, um, and it's it's cool. It's interesting. It's like you're you're playing. I think the one I played was um was me versus people. So we're sort of racing to get to the end. So like, and that's full of shenanigans. That's full of like getting in people's way or like intentionally taking power up so they can't get it. Like it's 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 pretty shicey stuff, but it's fun. <laughs> yeah. Really, yeah. yeah. Really liking it. Um, and then I did the endless battle, I think, or endless run or something like that, where you only have 30 lives to go through as many levels as you can. And I was playing at a friend's house and I wanted to go into something like normal, something fun. He was like, oh, I bet you won't try the, you know, super hard mode. And of course, being challenged, I was like, all right, bet I'm gonna go ahead and try this out. 30 lives later, still haven't passed the first level. So... (laughs) Yeah. I mean, but that, and that's the thing, right? Is that like, it's, it, it, this game really brings out the most, like it, again, it brings such a smile to my face, even when I'm dying, even when I'm going, oh my God, that's such bullshit. Like I, I, I'm saying that. And maybe it is bullshit sometimes because people have made some hellscapes in this game. Um, Yeah. But, uh, but it's usually hilarious. Like the links to which people will go to like try to fool people. Um, and most of it is like kind of charming in its own twisted way. And what's crazy is that a lot of like these crazy levels, like you have to be able to beat your own level before you can post it, right? Right, that's correct. Yeah. Yeah, so that's the crazy part is like having people being able to, you know, make it through these levels and like, all right, here you go, now it's your turn. And just I don't know, like it's it's fun. Like I'm I'm actually looking forward to playing this a little bit more. Um, we're going to be doing YouTube videos on it on the channel pretty soon. So, you know, be on the lookout for that. But uh, I'm having a blast so far. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's really great. Um, I, I'll probably, like, pop in on the show and talk about this some more, especially, like, once I get my hands on the make mode, um, mm-hmm. which might be upcoming this week. You know, I'll, I'll definitely talk about some courses that I've played, maybe drop some some uh, some really good ones to play, because since I've been kind of confined to story mode, you know, I'm playing the stuff that, like, everybody can play and has access to. But I definitely am looking forward to jumping into course world more um, and seeing 
just like kind of the hidden gems out there. And uh, I, you are you can already see like on the internet like people posting all kinds of really interesting, um, intricate uh, abominations online. Like it's some some of the ones like some of the infuriating levels like are really fun to just experience just because it's like how in the hell are people completing this? But but believe it or not, there is a way. If it's posted, there's a way to get past it. You know, yeah. it might it might be complete bullshit, but it, it, there's a way to get past it. I mean, I've been constantly surprised at the ways in which people will manipulate items and uh, Mario momentum physics and all that other stuff to like kind of solve a problem. Like, I think the best the best example of this is if you check out uh, Dan Reichard's level from uh, Giant Bomb. Like, he's got one called Bad Time Forest. I don't have the course ID on me at the moment, but um, I was watching um, Patrick Klepek from from Waypoint try to get past it, and he spent an inordinate amount of time doing it. Not because he's bad; he's really, really great at the game. But like, it's insane the amount of like traps and uh, puzzles that one can fit on there. So, yeah, definitely a game that I know I'll be checking in on the show with uh, periodically, for sure. Nice. So, is uh, I guess that's pretty much it because that's that's all i've really played honestly like i played um a little bit more of smash you know um over the weekend but that's that's pretty much it like uh i think yeah i think that's all i've been playing yeah and then, yeah. What, what about uh wargroove did you get any more uh any more into wargroove i have not gotten to pick it up because um i i did since I picked up Mario Maker 2, I've been playing that and still been playing Judgment, so um, I've not gotten a chance okay. to jump back in Wargroove, but that is something that I want to hop back in to. So now that kind of like the, uh, you know, I've, I've, I've busted the plastic off of Mario Maker and put a little time into that, um, you know, I do plan on jumping back into Wargroove. So I'll probably update you guys like next week on that um i also plan on updating everyone on uh, sea of solitude because that is a game i did not get a chance to play before recording but i'm going to purchase that uh, probably this this week uh, by the time you have actually heard this episode i will have probably played it already um so i expect a report on that on the next episode for sure all right cool good stuff so uh, this episode is going to be a little different. Um, we're not going to go into news this week, but uh, we will sort of have like a uh, sort of like a looking back because it's it's July and we're pretty much halfway through the year, halfway through 2019. So we sort of want to go back and look at what we've played that we really liked. Um, I, I don't think we have to put too much time on things that we didn't like. Because if you listen to the, if you listen to any of our past shows, you, you know, uh, you you would know. Yeah. And um, also, I guess we could sort of talk about uh, lightly, you know, what we're looking forward to uh, in the next six months. So for sure. Um, I guess I can sort of pop this off. Uh, there's been, I guess we could sort of just uh, list them out and sort of like talk about what we felt about the game. Um, but to start off the list, I want to talk about Katana Zero. Uh, oh, for sure. Yeah, so Katana Zero, if you haven't played that or you haven't heard of it, it is a side-scrolling, um, uh, I guess it's like a, like a, uh, what's it it's called? It's an action like, game. Action game, I guess. Yeah, yeah. But um, it's sort of like Hotline Miami, where 
Uh, you one hit to kill people, but also one hit to kill you. And you're playing as a uh, he's sort of like a time altering assassin. Um, he takes a drug for missions to pretty much slow down time. But then at the same time, he has precognition. So whenever you're playing these levels, whenever you die, it's uh, him going back saying, no, I don't think that'll work. And like it'll sort of rewind and you start everything all over again. So just the whole like premise of the game, um, a lot of like the, the talking speech dialogue stuff is, is actually pretty cool. Uh, I sort of want to go back and replay it just to see if how how you know if I just say different things, how much will it like change what happens in a game? But um, it's definitely worth looking out for. It's uh, fifteen dollars, I believe, on the Switch and PC. Um, I know you played a little bit of it. You have anything to say about uh, about Kazana Zero? Yeah, I finished it, and um, I think that was one of the games I mentioned in my laundry list from a couple weeks back, um, mm-hmm. that I, I completed it in about four or five hours, and it's a nice, uh, short experience that I truly, truly valued, and I think it's one of the one of the best experiences I've had this this year so far. Um, the storyline was surprisingly compelling, and the writing was much sharper than I was anticipating. Um it's surprisingly dialogue heavy, and I really look forward to all of the um, interactions that you have with your therapist. Um, they mm-hmm. were very uh, – it, it was very intriguing. The world opens up in a really interesting way past a certain point, um, and I really, I really appreciated the way that um, you can have minor divulge uh, or divergence in the gameplay based on – kind of the things that you do like i know at one point you can uh encounter a scenario without your weapon if you choose a specific option um whereas in another scenario you would have your weapon and that encounter said encounter would be a little easier um so little things like that i really appreciate and uh yeah it's a really great game with a a really cool 80s aesthetic to it um everything Mm -hmm. is kind of like uh backed by like kind of this vhs sort of like 80s vibe synth wave kind of atmosphere and uh, even down to the music the music is the soundtrack is is fantastic i'm not sure if you mentioned that um in your uh oh yeah i haven't but yeah that's a good point like whenever you're starting levels the main character will pull out like headphones i'll pull out his like vhs or his his walkman and like start listening to music and that's what you're playing to. Yeah, exactly. So this is one of the games for sure in the first half of 2019 that you should definitely go back and play um because you know, it's not expensive, it's not a it's not a super long game so you don't have to invest dozens and dozens of hours uh, for no reason. Um it's really it it kind of it does not overstay its welcome. Um and it gives you an ending that feels and it leaves you wanting more but you're still satisfied and yeah. I cannot say how important that is yeah so that's katana zero um right you got a game you want to shout out i absolutely do um probably we'll see how judgment goes um kind of as i continue to work my way through it because that Mm -hmm. is a game i'm really really loving right now but um for the moment i would say the best game of 2019 that i've played so far uh, in in this first half is uh is ape out for sure 
Um, and that is another Devolver digital published game um, by, I want to say it was one guy who made this. I could be mistaken about that. Um, but I believe it was like, I started like as a project or something for school. So maybe like a thesis or something or, or a game. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I'm talking out of my ass here, but I, I'm pretty sure it was made by like a very, very small unit. Um, and it is a game where I would say if Katana Zero has the aesthetic of Hotline Miami, uh, Ape Out has like the gameplay of Hotline Miami. Like you're going around, uh, you're killing human beings. You're an ape and you're killing human beings who have escaped from, or you, you have escaped from a facility and you're killing the scientists, uh, behind your captivity. And, uh, that is the game. Like literally the game tells you to escape in the first, in the opening moments and you get the most stylish title card I think I've ever seen in a video game. Um, and it's very, uh, kinetic. It's addictive. It's very quick. You're in and out of the action extremely fast. I love that in these kind of games. Um, and yeah, it's a procedurally, it's, it's, the whole thing is procedurally generated down to the music. So not only do the levels randomize itself, but the music itself changes based on what's happening in the game. So the music gets really fast paced. If you are, um, there's a lot of action going on on the screen. Um, and very, very slow if nothing is happening at the moment. So, but it's really cool. It reminds you of that movie, um, Whiplash with, yep. uh, Miles Teller and J.K. Simmons. Uh, one of my favorite movies of the, the past few years. Um, but, uh, it, yeah, it's, it's extremely stylish, very addictive. You should definitely check it out for sure. Yeah. And it's, um, is that just Switch? Is it, uh, Switch PC? That is Switch PC. I don't know if it's on another console other than Switch, though. I know for sure okay. it's on, I know it's on Steam and Switch, though. Alright. Yeah, and I'll, and I'll just sort of, you know, piggyback off what you said. Uh, Ape Out, I feel like it would be, I mean, it's perfect on the Switch, because the Switch is a portable system. Yeah. But I feel like this game would be perfect on the phone. <laughs> Mm. Yeah, it, it yeah, it could be good on a, on a phone. Like, I mean, I I played it. I played three fourths of this game like on a on an airplane. <laughs> uh, so, like, I mean, that's it's not long. It's like a couple hours, and it like you just said, it's perfect. It's perfect for for uh mobile gaming, like transportation. Like, if you're mm-hmm. sitting somewhere for a while, this is the perfect way to kind of like pass time. Um, and I I mean, it's. One other thing, I think I mentioned this before in a previous week, but one of the things that I love so much about it is that it it really does steadily introduce you to new situations um, in a way that feels organic, not only to the gameplay, but just kind of everything that's happening around you. So, like, for example, there's a moment where um, halfway through the level, you're just making your way through the, your, this facility and, like, throwing people against walls and using their people's own guns against them like because you use people as like meat shields um and like it's stylishly violent it's not hyper gory um i mean body parts kind of fly apart but it's not like super realistic or anything so it's not like insanely gory for like a teenager to see i would say um but uh kind of as you're going through the facility, the lights go out at some point. And so you go from having the, like this really kind of two-tone technicolor-ish like aesthetic to now everything is like black, but everything in that is now illuminated by these white lights like on everybody's weapon. So mm, it, it just, cool. it looks incredible. Like, I mean, 
I'm not even doing it justice by just saying it. Like when you see it, um, it maintains the kind of sixties, uh, atmosphere, but like in a different color tone and the music kind of subtly changes to match that as well. It's really cool. And the game constantly does stuff like that throughout its, uh, its run. So yeah, it's, it's an amazing game. All right, yeah. So that's that's Ape Out. Um, definitely check that out. Um, next up, I want to talk about a loot shooter. Uh oh. I'm not talking. Yeah, no, no, we're not talking about uh, that that game that shall shall not be uh, said on this podcast again. But we're gonna talk about uh, Division Two. Division Two, by far, has been like one of the best loot shooter launches. And um, I sort of like what they're doing with how um, their expansions that come out, you don't have to pay for them. Like, the season pass is only really getting you certain, like, missions, like, exclusive missions, and then having, like, a one-week access or a one-week jump on the new uh, DLC. But, uh, you know, shout-out to, um, to uh, I think it's Massive, um, for putting that, for doing something like that, you know, sort of changing the, the field of the loot shooters. And, um, I don't know, like I, like jumping in, uh, like the, everything sort of felt, I want to say everything sort of, sort of felt balanced, but like, just like the, the, the actual gameplay loop was satisfying to sort of jump in. To, um, I never really felt like I was too under leveled when playing with people. So like jumping around, you know, sort of playing with people that are a little bit ahead of me or playing with people that are a little bit behind me, it always felt, like a constant, like I was working towards something. Like I didn't really feel like I was, uh, well, at least not early on, felt like I was sort of like being held back by playing with someone that was underleveled. But um, it's definitely worth looking into if you're, uh, if you have an itch for loot shooter. Uh, we, I think, as of this recording, found out that it's dirt. It's not say dirt cheap, but it's cheap now. Uh, yeah. they, they dropped it down. It's on sale. I uh, should be able to pick it up, I believe, from GameStop uh, for around 20 bucks, 20. I think. Yeah, yeah, 20 bucks. Mm-hmm. But Division 2, man, like, it's sort of uh, it definitely scratched that itch and, like, filled that void that Destiny, you know, left. Granted, Destiny 2 is still here. It's just, you know, take some time away from that game. Yeah, and I mean, the... But, uh, yeah, yeah. The season pass content is free, right? Yeah, exactly. Okay. So you should be able to just jump in, uh, download it, and start playing. Yeah, definitely going to echo everything you said. Best best loot shooter launch yet. Um, I mean, it's highly satisfying, uh, highly customizable. You can really spec out your your character in a way that feels um, very satisfying um, and, uh, and and effective. Like it, you feel like you are getting more powerful. That's one of the best parts of these loot shooter games or any loot game, really. Like you always want to feel like that progression of power. It's something that Destiny I feel I feel like does very well. Like you do feel like I mean sure the enemies scale, but like they scale in a perfect way to make you feel that power increase. Um and I mean seeing the numbers jump up that high is just <laughs> immensely just uh it, there's nothing there's nothing else like it you know when, yeah. when it when when, <laughs> when it works it works um i would say dc offers a different uh, a different kind of um 
feeling than New York did, as it should. It's a different type of city. Um, it is not as vertical as New York, of course, but I don't really think that stops it from being um, kind of interesting in its own right. So I'll say definitely the set pieces, like some buildings that you go into is, uh, is definitely like memorable, like going into, um, it was like this, like a space museum and then going yes. into, um, what else was really cool? Like there was like a museum that you go into. Yeah. Yeah. That was definitely one of the coolest ones for sure. And I mean, yeah, like you're, you're, like you're saying, yeah, you're just shooting a bunch of dudes over and over again, but they do try to make it interesting for you to do this. Uh, the AI are, are actually intelligent. Um, they do try to flank you. They do try to um, outsmart the player. Um, and obviously, that's very difficult to do, but uh, they they do a really good job of making combat um, constantly interesting, whether that is a uh, a an aesthetic vibe, or I'm saying aesthetic a lot tonight, um, whether that is like, <laughs> like a level, a part of the level design, or with the AI, the developers really, like Massive really made it a priority to constantly entertain and challenge the player and i really appreciate that nice all right next up what do you have robin i definitely want to call out life is strange too and it's kind of cheating because i know the first episode kind of came out um it came out in september of last year but episode two came out in january and episode three came out in april i think so We've had two episodes in the first half of 2019. We're going to get two more in the latter half. And so far, I was really impressed with with uh, episode one of Life is Strange 2. As you know, I've said this a thousand times on this show and all our, our prior shows, giant Life is Strange fan. Um, this, is, uh, this, this franchise has not lost much steam. I've enjoyed all three episodes so far. Um, I think episode one started out really, really strong. Uh, two took maybe a little bit of a dip but still really good and three uh had i think might have been the best one yet um it it has um it provides all the thrills and all the kind of small slice of life moments that you come to expect from this kind of franchise um and they're doing it in such a deft manner where you just tell, you can tell that they have complete, like don't, don't not has complete control over what's going on here. Um, it's, it was a very gutsy move for them to completely do away with, um, 99% of the characters and the situation from Life is Strange 1. Um, and to completely just wipe that slate clean for two, uh, was, was really commendable, um, for a sequel. And the fact that they're doing it so well, providing us with such a different sort of experience, um, I think it should be applauded for sure. Um, and I'm very much looking forward to seeing how this journey concludes. I was a little bummed at first when I found out that the season was like 40 bucks, I think, or something like that, because it was like more expensive than the first one. And I was like, that is a giant jump over the last season like is this gonna justify it but i knew better than to doubt donod um and uh and i'm really glad that that i didn't i did not doubt them because they have churned out um some of the most affecting um dialogue like i've i continue to see in games today um i mean it's really good and this one it um the first game wasn't made by donod right it was it was 
Okay. So, so the first Life is Strange one was made by Don't Nod. Life is Strange Before the Storm, which is the prequel series to Life is Strange one, was made by a different developer. Okay, so that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, you're thinking okay. of Before the Storm, um, which was decent. Um, and then Life is Strange two is a is made by Don't Nod. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, and I mean, I, and I love the first one. Um, the, the same way that I like, uh, like watching my you know TV shows and stuff like that. Like I love, I, I love being able to binge like uh, my content. So yeah, like it's definitely be. I mean, it, it's gonna be something that I'm gonna wait for all the episodes to be out. But like the more and more that you talk about it, the more and more I'm I'm like thinking about just you know biting the bullet and just buying it so I can play it. Yeah, it's funny that you say that too because I'm experiencing the series um, differently because with Life is Strange 1 and Before the Storm, um, I binged them all. Um, I, mm-hmm. I, I, I had, I remember with Life is Strange 1, I was way late to that party. I'd always heard that was really cool and it was on a deep discount. I checked it out and ended up doing uh, the five episodes of the first one in five days. And oh, I did. Yeah, and that ended up because I mean, it was like one episode a day, basically. Yeah. Because each one is like three hours, so that's like you know a, a long movie essentially. Um, and with before the storm, I made a deliberate decision to wait, um, especially because I knew it was a different developer doing it. I just wasn't sure if I wanted to return to that world with a different developer. Um, but I ended up waiting, and it ended up being fine. Um, but this is the first one where I've been there day one, and I'm experiencing it on a week to week basis and it's different because with life is strange one there's no i feel like i should have done it in an opposite way because with the first one it was like a a mystery of the week basically like there's a there's a a central overarching mystery with the first game that made the wait interesting so in between episodes there were all these like theories and you know it was almost like a whodunit kind of um you know and and that is really fun whereas with two the wait is is different because there isn't a mystery necessarily it's more of just a you know where are we going next even though at the end of three i'm like at the end i will say at the end of the first and second episode of life is strange 2 i've been left with a a relative sense of satisfaction like i do want to know like they're they're bookended really well like i want to know what happens next but I can wait the three months, even though it has been the wait is longer. I do want to note that the wait between episodes is way longer this season. Um, but uh, like the last episode is not coming out until December. But um, I will say that the end of episode three leaves you on a giant cliffhanger where I need to know right now, like what <laughs> what's going to happen next. Um, so this is the, the first like really excruciating wait. But um, if you do bite the bullet. If you do, it's well worth it. These cast of characters, I love so much. I love, um, I, I love them almost as much, if not almost the same, as, uh, just about the same as uh, as I did Max and, and Chloe. Uh, they're very different, but but very similar in a very life is strange way. <laughs> um, so yeah, definitely that's that's a that's one to look out for for sure. All right, nice. So next up, I have. A honorable mention because I haven't finished it yet and I'm playing it, but I do want to mention it. But Cadence of Hyrule on the Switch is a really fun game. Like it's a um, 
imagine like if uh like an old school Zelda game, like the two D top down Zelda game was turned into a rhythm game where, you know, every time you move uh sort of like super hot, every time that you move uh on the beat, you know, the enemy moves on the beat. So like you sort of have to like time like your movement to then go in for attacks. And then also if you have like, you know, a Zelda, so he has a bunch of weapons. If you have an arrow, yeah, if you have the hook shot, you sort of have to time those two so that you could attack properly. Um so all of that, you know, just to say that it's, you know, uh tied together with a really, really, really good soundtrack. Um if you're a fan of, you know, Zelda music, then you'll love this game. Uh just for the music alone. Um, and someone was telling me the other day that there's a mode that, like, you know, I was talking about how it was similar to Super Hot. Um, the reason I'm, I'm saying that is because the, the way you can sort of change in the settings, how the game is played, is like, um, sort of like Super Hot, where when you move, like, that's when everyone else on this, on the, you know, screen moves as well. Um, cause if you don't play it like that, then the enemies move basically to like the, like I said, the beat of the music. So, like, you sort of have to decide everything all at once and, like, when you get to move, when you get to attack. But with this other mode, um, it's, you know, it's all based on, like, how you're moving and how quick you're moving. So um, I haven't messed around with that, playing playing that way too much. But, you know, playing the normal way, uh, so far as, you know, just the way I've been playing it, it gets a little intense when you're in, like, a dungeon and there's a bunch of, like, different monsters on the screen because every monster has like different movement patterns. They have different attack patterns. So once they fill up on the screen, like it's sort of, you know, it gets, it gets the heart pumping a little bit. And um, last thing about this game is that it's sort of like a roguelike where when you die, you technically have to start over, but certain things stay like you, there's like a currency that you keep so that whenever you start over, you use that currency to get like a, a boost um, and it's, it sort of like lets you teleport back to certain checkpoints so that, you know, it's not completely lost. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. But definitely, definitely a really fun game. Definitely, uh, a definite pickup. Like I said, if you're into rhythm games, if you're into Zelda, um, uh, go ahead and pick it up. It's on the Switch. For sure. Yeah. I, I'm actually interested in this game just based on your comments about it in the past um, has kind of convinced me that, uh, that, you know, I need to check this out, especially because I, I have a large love for rhythm games. So yeah. And Zelda's music is pretty cool. Yeah. So definitely like I, I say, I wonder if it's, I'm pretty sure that the um, soundtrack might even be on YouTube already. Like just go listen to that. And that might even get you to get the game. Okay. I might do that. Alright, so, um, like I said, that was my honorable mention. Uh, do you have one? Because I have one to go straight into. Um, I, so, I wanna, I don't know if I have, if I had an honorable mention, like, I could go down this entire, like, down an entire list. Like, I, I would take forever listing games that I think deserve to be mentioned here, but I do wanna mention one that I do think is one of the best experiences that I've had. I've not finished it yet. But, um, and I do think Judgment will probably be on this list at the end of the year if it keeps going the way it's been going. But, um, but I do want to mention Sekiro because I have not made it. And mm. that, that is a game that, um, you know, I do need to go back and finish. I got a decent 
bit of the way in on. Um, but I stopped because something came out and I, oh, I think Days Gone came out, uh, and I had to play that. So, had to, quote unquote. Um, so, <laughs> and yes, 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 I'm not gonna talk about Days Gone, everybody, don't worry. But, um, but yeah, Sekiro is, you know, the Miyazaki game that came out earlier this year at the end of March. Um, Miyazaki being the genius behind, uh, from software, uh, behind, uh, Dark Souls and, uh, Bloodborne. And it's, it's Sekiro is a Soulsborne game, basically. Like it is, it is that, but just in a, wrapped up in a, um, fantasy historical setting, Japanese feudal kind of, uh, setting. And it's exquisite. Like the gameplay is just like Dark Souls in that it's precise, challenging, mostly fair. <laughs> almost, almost, almost entirely fair. Um, all the time, like it's the progression system is is different than Souls, where it's much more linear. Whereas you can kind of um equip your character kind of in different ways. With Sekiro, you can there's really only one, maybe two paths that you can kind of use, like on the skill tree. Um, it's not really made for that, and that's kind of the what I wanted to call out Sekiro for. Um, because there's a good chance I'll probably talk about this later. Um, but I love that From was able to make this game so different or feel so different, yet so familiar um, in their Souls franchise. Like there are some people who would say, hey, don't call this a Souls game. It's not. Um, it's trying to do something, you know, different. But I mean, it, it, looks feels smells tastes like a souls game it, it like the way that the characters speak the way that they have these little creepy laughs at the end of every bit of dialogue like uh, i mean literally um the way that you know the lock-on system works or combat in general is souls-esque but it's entirely revolving around uh the parry system if you cannot master parry this game is very difficult for you because it's not about whittling down people's health. Like in other souls games, it's about, can you break someone's stance? And that key fundamental difference changes things. But if you've played souls, you get comfortable. So it's a, it's like a shoe that feels familiar, but it's not the same. Um, that was a really weird metaphor, but I think you understand what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> There's like a thousand other <laughs> metaphors I probably could have used, but I just really wanted to make sure I call that game out for that because it truly is like a wonderful, uh, nearly flawless experience that is in, that can be extremely frustrating for people and it's not for everybody. Um, but it's something that I personally have enjoyed up to this point. Um, and, and I'll likely continue to enjoy that as I look at finishing this up in the near future. Okay. Uh, well, last, well, one of the last games, like I have other games on this list, um, but last one that sort of like sort of stands out that I sort of wish that I had more time to jump into and play, but it's definitely a game that you could, you know, hop in, get a couple of matches in, and then hop out, go on with your day, go on, do something else. But um, Apex Legends. You know, I feel like something. It's it still doesn't get enough love. Like, um, it's a free to play um, 
you know, battle royale. So here, here goes a bunch of people sighing. I know, I know, but, <laughs> um, it, it did something that, you know, wasn't really expected. Like it stood up to Fortnite for a second and, you know, Fortnite granted took that title right back like a month or two after the game came out. But yeah. I feel like Apex, like it sort of stands on its own. And like, I sort of like what it's, what it did where I sort of like comparing how Fortnite is sort of like the king of like franchises right now of games. Um, I like to compare what Fortnite's doing with what Call of Duty did last decade. So right now we're in a, a climate where pretty much a lot of, like a lot of these developers see how much money, uh, they're making with Fortnite and they want to emulate that. But I mean, it, 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 nothing really stood out, I guess, with a lot of like the copies that we've gotten. Um, but, Apex, I know, sort of stands on its own. Like, it sort of, it feels different. It has, like, its own, like, type of, uh, you know, aesthetic that, I don't know, it's sort of like, it, it, it sort of suited me a little bit more. It wasn't too cartoony. It was, it was arcadey or whatnot, but, like, it wasn't, like, it didn't take itself super serious. So, um, the movement style is based off of Titanfall. So just moving around the world feels really fluid. Um, and, you know, the guns feel, you know, pretty, well, some of the guns I don't like, but like the guns feels, you know, somewhat satisfying as well. So, um, I don't know when it comes down to like, if, if I want to play a battle royale with friends, this is definitely going to be that battle royale that I, you know, recommend. Yeah, absolutely. And kind of as I was preparing for this, I did, I did see that. Like that was one of the games that I thought about mentioning, um, because like you said, it's, it's the, to me, it is the best battle royale, uh, created. Um, I do think player unknown battlegrounds gets short shrift, especially nowadays, but I do think it's the most entertaining one that I've played. Uh, they, and they introduce so many of the innovative mechanics, um, uh, you know, the chat system and everything like that. Mm-hmm. You know, I, hey, I didn't even mention that. Jesus. Yeah. I mean, that's, to me, that is like one of the defining features of it, um, especially because, and I'm thinking about that in kind of like a console state of mind, especially when you are able to use that and you don't have to speak to someone if you do really don't want to or you can't. Um, like that is just such a great way um, to be able to communicate with people and having it just be the simple press of a button with all these different voice lines kind of indicating like, you know, where it is. Also visual indicators on your HUD. Like, I mean, there are so many different small um uh quality of life improvements to the genre that that it made that i think it is sad like kind of you know i don't think it's like doing poorly or anything but you know obviously like you said fortnite is they did kind of take that that crown back fairly quickly at least that's how it's it feels um i don't have any concrete numbers to support that but it just it feels that way um but yeah i i hope i wish them success in the future and also i mean i just like respawn as a developer i think that they've done a an okay job of trying to support the game especially when it was so successful out of the gate because it did blow up like immediately upon release uh, people knew that they were onto something so we'll see over time like how it's refined yeah and like they they've gotten better you know they they've uh they're in a new season they introduced the new um champion um 
they've uh they're adding more events and stuff like that so like they they're listening to what people are complaining about so that's good it's good that they want to you know add more to the game add more so that people are staying invested because you know that's the name of the, the game for these free to play games like they they're pretty much fighting for your time and of course they're fighting for your wallet but for the most part like they want you to the they want you to enjoy the gameplay loop to entice you to uh, buy you know loot boxes and stuff like that exactly but yep that's what i have you have uh anything else to round out the list those might be the top for me um the top games obviously there's a lot of other stuff i haven't mentioned um you know i was talking about judgment that'll probably be something that comes out um or that that it ends up on my you know maybe if we do a top 10 or something maybe it i mean i'm enjoying it that much um that's a hugely notable game um you know phoenix Wright came out with their hd collection and i think ended up being really good. I think it's the best collection for those games yet. Um, you know, obviously they're old, but I mean, the, the mobile versions and the 3DS versions just don't compare to the new console versions of these games. And I think they're literally perfect on the Switch. They look fantastic. They really do. Um, you know, uh, yeah, there's a lot of games on here. You know, Mortal Kombat came out, um, 11. Uh, World War Z came out, you know, I know you were playing that and that was pretty fun. Um, so, I mean, yeah, there's, there's tons of stuff on this list, but I think the stuff that I mentioned is like probably the top, towards the top for me. Okay. Um, so we sort of want to, uh, shout out some games that are coming out, uh, later this year that we're looking forward to. Um, I guess we could just sort of just, uh, just spitball it. Um, for me, I'm looking forward to Fire Emblem Three Houses. Uh, that one, you know, it just, it's gonna itch that, you know, Fire Emblem, uh, scratch that I need right now. Um, Borderlands Three, uh, is coming out this year. Another, you know, loot shooter. Uh, I feel like Borderlands has the better story of loot shooters. So I'm more, uh, excited into looking into seeing how, you know, how they sort of wrap up this. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, Astral Chain, um, made by Platinum Games. So, uh, the lead designer of Nier Automata is making this one. So, you know, you're in for a good ride. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. But, but yeah, that's, that's pretty much, you know, top of my list right now. Okay. Yeah. You definitely took one of mine. That's, uh, I'm definitely with you on Astral Chain. We'll, we'll definitely have to talk about that game. Um, I'm in, I'm in for anything that anybody involved with uh, Nier Automata is going to do. I'm just – you don't even have to say anything more. I'm in. Um, Wolfenstein Youngblood I think will be really fun because I liked – I largely liked the new Colossus. That's the that's it, right? New Colossus. Mm-hmm. Um, I largely – I think – I thought the storyline in that game was utterly brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, for, for the most part in that game. And, uh, even if the game design was a little lacking in certain areas, like they had some problems with level, uh, design, uh, it kind of seemed a little bit random for some of the enemy placements. Um, really kind of dull environments, but, uh, which is a weird criticism because that didn't really affect the new order all that much. Like I thought the encounters were uh, much more fun and just more organic to what was happening on the screen um in new order but but 
on the whole, still really liked New Colossus. Uh, definitely enough for me to be looking forward to Young Blood. And I also think the narrative hook to it is really cool. I want to play as BJ's daughters. That sounds awesome. Um, obviously, I mentioned Life is Strange. The other episodes coming out later this year. Definitely looking forward to those. Want to shout out Control. Very much looking forward to Control. Oh um, yeah, yeah. That's the um, the Remedy action adventure game that's coming out in mid August, I think, or late August, something like that. Um, I'm very curious about Gears 5, man. I'm very curious if, like, that is a legitimately, like, what that game is. <laughs> like, like I'm curious if it is going to be a uh, um, very different than the other Gears games, be- simply because we haven't seen a lot of it. So, like, I want to know, are they hiding something that we just haven't seen yet? Like, I, I don't know. I'm very, I'm keeping my eye on that game. The the marketing has been pretty weird with that game. Yes. Yes, it has. Like, I, I would expect them to um, to have, like, marketed the game a little bit more heavily and to show off, like, more of the story, show off some more of, like, the multiplayer. But, like, it, I don't know. Like, I, I it just hasn't been in my face like a lot of, you know, Microsoft-exclusive games have been in the past. Like they, they, especially for something as big as Gears, you think they would lean pretty heavy on trying to get people, you know, excited about the game. Yeah, exactly. Like that E3 showing, like we discussed on the, uh, on our show a few weeks back, like was very odd for a marquee title um, um, for Microsoft, especially one that's coming out in like two months, a couple months. Yeah, um, that's really weird. So yeah, I'm looking forward to um, seeing what Outer Wilds is going to be. Um, like from Obsidian, that's gonna be like later this year as well. Around the same time, I'm thinking that maybe Luigi's Mansion is coming out. I'm hoping that it's coming out in October. Luigi's Mansion, another heavy hitter from Nintendo. I'm looking forward to. Um, and uh, and Doom, Doom Eternal. I'm looking forward to that. Like I really liked the original Doom. And Doom Eternal looks like more Doom, and I'm very okay with that. And that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like that's I, I'm totally okay with that. And I, I hope that it's more Doom. That's like that's the best thing somebody could say. So uh yeah. There I do want to mention that there are a number of like re releases and remasters that I'm actually super interested in as well. Like Baldur's Gate two, I'm looking forward to checking that out and the original Nino Kuni. Um both like both of which are coming out on the Switch. So I'm I'm super interested in checking those out, um, and maybe Dragon Quest Eleven as well. Like that's coming out for the Switch as well. Um, so a lot of cool remasters for Switch. Yeah, Nintendo's getting a lot of my money this year. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty. It's 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 borderline ridiculous. But yeah. <laughs> that's but I mean that's good. It's good for Nintendo. You know. Um, he, every random, like every random couple of months, you hear like uh, articles like, "Oh, is Nintendo doomed?" No, uh, no, <laughs> no, it's no. not. No, <laughs> Nintendo will be. <laughs> yeah, Nintendo will be fine. They've got the Luigi's Mansion. They've got the Pokemon's coming out. Like, you know, that's you know. I'm surprised that you did. That wasn't the first game out of your mouth. Yeah, all right, so. Pokemon, like I'm, I'm excited for it. It's just that I'm still, I'm still hurt that you know that I can't bring in my old Pokemon. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see. It's, I mean, I, I feel like that's definitely be a game that the closer we get to it, the more I see of it, the more I'm gonna get excited. And of course, like the day before, I'm gonna be really hyped for the game. But 
Yeah, like even the, yeah, that game will be be released when it gets released. Yeah, I mean, I look as 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 much as um, like I I you guys know I'm casual Pokemon fan here, but I'm actually looking forward to playing the game because I'm not like super out of my mind hype, but um, I am looking forward to checking it out because it does look like you know what I've always kind of been interested in which is like a full-on console based pokemon game like they're looks like they're pulling out all the stops for this see Um, the biggest thing for me though is that like i'm all about you know post game end game in pokemon games and the last couple of pokemon games have been pretty bare bone in that so with them you know removing uh the ability to bring in pokemon that aren't in the pokedex in the game like, that's already taken away from, you know, whatever little that they were going to have post-game. So, I don't know. It's just, it's it's something where, like, I, I just got to see it once I get my hands on it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think so. I think so. Like, I, you know, and that's interesting, too, and I have to be, you know, I have to think about that and be sympathetic for it because, like, I'm the type of person, and this has happened with the last two Pokemon games that I've played. I've played... Like, in my life, I've played Blue, Gold, Y, and Let's Go. Uh, That's it. So, with all of those, with the exception of, like... Actually, yeah, with all of those, I have pretty much exclusively played, like, just the main campaign, and then, like, been satisfied, been done. Like, I don't go back. And and then I'm the opposite. Like, this is a guy that bought you know, red, blue, bought gold, silver, crystal, <laughs> bought, like, like up until maybe, yeah, up until maybe Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon, and even with Sun and Moon, I don't think I bought both versions. Yeah, like, the last couple of generations, I just, you know, stuck with one version. But yeah, like, this is the guy that, like, bought both versions so I could complete the Pokedex and everything like that, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean... And that's cool, you know, and, and I have to be, I have to understand that, you know, that that's something that people really enjoy and like, um, and that's cool. That's fine. I'm not here to, to shit on your time, man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I do want to say I'm also very interested in the Hollow Knight sequel that's supposedly coming this year. Is it this year? I think. I think it is this year. Um, sometime I'm looking forward to that because I really like the original holiday. I've not finished it, but I really did like it a lot. And I'm very interested in Silk Song. Um, also kind of interested in the Warcraft three remaster. Um, Warcraft oh, that is coming out. Yeah, that's coming out this year. We don't have a specific date for it yet, but I'm very interested because Warcraft three was one of the first like major PC games that really got its hooks in me very deep. Um, and it, it, it introduced me to the world of mods actually. And it's actually the first, first video game where it was, I was, I played, uh, Dota, actually, for the first time, mm. like, on Warcraft 3, not even knowing, not even realizing at the time that it was Dota, like, Dota, Dota. I didn't even know when I was playing it. I was so young. Um, but somehow I knew to, you know, access those mods so I could, I could play it. But I ha- remember having a really fun time with the campaign. Um, in Warcraft 3, and so I'm really kind of looking forward to seeing, like, what the the remastered version looks like, because I have such an affinity for um, 
for Warcraft 3. Like, it's just, it's such a, it's a seminal moment for me, like, in my PC gaming life. <laughs> so definitely looking forward to that. All right, so with that, that's episode 20 in the bag. Uh, we're going to roll out the red carpet and, you know, do our shout-outs. Rod, you got anything to shout-out? Almost every single game on this list that we mentioned, like, in the first half of 2019, if you're, like, sitting there going, like, I got nothing to play. It's the summertime. Nothing's coming out. Well, number one, games are definitely coming out right now. Yeah. And, and number two, try out one of those games that we mentioned. I promise you that you will if you don't have a good time you at least have something to talk about if, if and if you're not if not you know you can always email us at should i play that at gmail.com and tell us all about it we might even read your email on air yeah yeah and yeah and and definitely you know think about like just send some send us some email definitely send us some email uh let's get some engagement on social media on facebook instagram twitter uh, we're on all of those pages, so when you search for us, just search Should I Play That? Uh, we should pop up, same logo as the podcast. Like I said, we're on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Um, if you're listening to this on YouTube, hey, welcome to the party. Uh, we're now on YouTube. But, um, yeah, that's all I got this week. Um, episode 20, and if this is the first time you've listened to us and listened all the way through... I like doing something a little special at the end of these episodes. I like giving some life pro tips, some positive affirmations, things that you might you might have just needed to hear. You know, some that's the whole that's the whole hope of this little section right here. Because I've had that that question asked, like Chris, what the fuck are you doing at the end of these episodes? And I'm just I'm just I'm just trying. You're getting your Steve Harvey on. <laughs> I'm just trying to spread some joy, trying to uh, like help people out. So, sure. <laughs> so, with that, guys, drink more water, moisturize your ankles, take your vitamins, eat your greens, don't sweat the small stuff, read more, keep people around you that who will tell you the truth, be humble, commit to things, your greatest struggles are your greatest lessons. Text your friends you haven't talked to in a while, change the sound of your alarm every couple of days to help you wake up. It works. Stop waiting for the perfect time. There will always be an excuse to not be productive. If you're traveling, use your front pockets to uh, carry stuff, because otherwise you're making it easy to be pickpocketed. If you have life problems, don't run away from them. Face them, because it might haunt you later on if you don't. If you want to change your life, if you want to make a change in your life, take it one day at a time. Ask yourself, what can I do today to make that change? And... Just because someone doesn't agree with you doesn't make them an enemy. That actually happened to me today. I, you know, I had a disagreement with someone, and then they came at me some type of way, and then I instantly like blasted back, and I was like, "Whoa, hold up, put them in a place." But then I was like, "You know what? That was uncalled for." So I apologized. I was like, "Hey, listen, we had a misunderstanding. You know, this is what I felt. This is how you came off, and I." came back this way but it was all wrong i apologize and they apologize too when we're we're back at being friends we're back at you know being cool when was the last time you backed up your phone because <laughs> if you have it make sure it's recent because you never know when you might need that backup and never go to the grocery store on an empty stomach you'll buy everything up stuff that you don't need 
Like, I'm still eating stuff that I bought, and I'm like, yo, why did I buy this? Like, it's it's almost expired now. There's no need for it. What would I do without all of these positive affirmations? (laughs) But last but not least, guys, stay beastly. We'll catch you next week. Peace.